Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, only you can steal. My soul test Jesus. Lord, I am glad to come into your presence this morning. Like the psalmist said, I was glad when they said we should go into the house of the Lord. I am glad to come into your presence this morning to magnify the King of Kings, to magnify the Lord of Lords, to magnify the Ancient of Days, to magnify Almighty God, Ruth of Jesse, to magnify the one who is from everlasting to everlasting. Scripture says you remain God and you will never change. You are Alpha and Omega. You are beginning and end. You are before beginning. You are after the end. Be glorified, Almighty God. Lord, you alone are I am. You alone are Jehovah. You alone are faithful. Lord, you are Yahweh. We magnify you this morning. Be glorified in the name of Jesus. As we spend this time, Lord, in your presence to read our Bibles once again, Lord, we ask for clarity. We ask for wisdom and understanding. Help us to understand the words as we read them and cause your name to be glorified in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. All right, let me say a big welcome to everyone joining in to devotion this morning. I am Morphe Eyenike. We continue reading our Bibles. We set our tag ourselves a target to complete reading the New Testament uh, before the end of the year, and we're making yes, we are making. Uh, we had good pace, good speed. We should be true before the end, before the end of the year. Just, just some um, ten to eleven more days, but we will be fine. Today we take um, we take on the book of James, so we want to read through the entire book of James in one day. Thank you to everyone joining in, whatever platform where you receive this from. Thank you for all the engagements. Thank you for all the questions. God bless you. I know that we are going at quick pace because we are focusing on reading, but I encourage, please, right there on the podcast, we've had several times where we have gone through some of these um, books before, so you can take time to listen to those to those one again, and they will they will bless you. Let's read James chapter 1 through 5 this morning. James was written, um, so there's no agreement, there's no clear agreement whose James is writing. Is it James, the son of Zebedee, James, the brother of Jesus, or just any other James, okay? The person does not identify, but many agree that this has to be James, the, the brother of Jesus, who in quotes was the first the first bishop or the head 
the head of the church, you know, as the the act of the apostles begin. He was the first leader that you see in the church, and you have to accept that the authority with which this person this person is speaking, it was someone who was definitely who worked with Jesus. Okay, that's one. Number two, James is almost as if you're reading the Old Testament. So the book of James is the one book in the New Testament that you can put, you know, just put it into the New Testament and into the Old Testament and it will fit. There's nothing mentioned about many of the Christ, the New Testament topics, apart from one or two times where Christ is mentioned, nothing is mentioned about baptism, the Holy Spirit, all of that. Okay, so you have to remember that when you're reading the book of James. Pay attention to who it is addressed to. It is. It looks like the book of James was addressed, you know, to Jewish believers. Okay, uh, yes, Jewish believers. Let's read this morning, James, from James chapter one. Greetings from James. This letter is from James, a slave of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. So the style of the writer is admonition. Okay, so you see a lot of admonition here. Notes particular topic and dude but just broad admonition this is a letter from james a slave of god and of the lord jesus christ i am writing to the 12 tribes jewish believers scattered abroad greetings okay it states clearly i'm writing to the 12 tribes okay that's jewish believers mainly he was writing to jewish believers and you have to understand the problems that would have been here you know when the church started because the gentile believers could not go into the temple the jewish temple in fact they were almost bad from synagogues even though they were christians okay <laughs> so yes that's how the book of james would have been also at the beginning it was not addressed to them faith and endurance dear brothers and sisters when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. And my pastor preached on this verse a few days ago. Count it all joy, you know, when count it all joy, great opportunity. Consider it an opportunity when trouble comes. <laughs> James, you cannot be serious. It is for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. That is why we count it joy. Because it is an opportunity to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. Okay, so you don't see any mention of grace, uh, of, of Christ Jesus. Like I said, a few times Christ is mentioned, but you know, just you can insert this into the Old Testament and it will fit. He will not rebuke you for asking, but when you ask him, be sure that, you, that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed and tossed by the wind. Such person, such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their, their loyalty is divided between God and the world, 
and they are unstable in everything they do. When you are when it comes to the subject of faith, it is so easy for our for for our faith or the subject or the the focus of our faith to be divided. Many times we don't know. James is saying here, ensure that your faith is in God and in God alone. Verse 9, believers who are poor have nothing to boast about, for God has honored them. And those who are rich should boast that God has humbled them. They will fade away like a little flower little flower in the field. Verse 11, the hot sun rises and grass withers. The, the little flower droops and falls and its beauty fades away. In the same way, the rich will fade away with all of their achievements. God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, uh, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. We see a mention of the crown of life that is promised to all who love who love God. 13 says, And remember when you are being tempted, do not say God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong and he never tempts anyone else. God is never tempted to do wrong and he never tempts tempts anyone else. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. Temptation comes from our own desires. 15 says these desires give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth. It gives birth to death. So don't be misled, my dear brothers and sisters. Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. He chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word. And we, out of all creation, became his prized possession. And you could say this of the of the believers in the Old Testament, right? Yes, God already called them a royal generation. Yes, a royal priesthood. Even in the Old Testament, God already chose the 12 tribes, the nation of Israel. Next, listening and doing. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to, to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts for it has the power to save your souls. The word planted in your heart has the power to save your soul. Verse 22, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. The strength is in not not just listening. Listening is very important as you are listening in this morning. But doing it just completes the circle. It says, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, 
it is like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away and forget what you look like. And this one used to confuse me as a young Christian. You look in the mirror and walk away and you can't remember what you look like. The Bible linkings that to someone who says they are a Christian and then do not do the word. Okay, because the word of God should reflect Christ, should reflect and change us into his image. 25 says, but if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free. It doesn't talk about you know, the word, it doesn't talk about Christ. It says the perfect law that sets you free. And if you do what it says and don't forget what you had, then God will bless you for doing it. If you claim to be religious, but don't control your tongue, you are fooling yourself and your religion is worthless. Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God, the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the word corrupt you. Hallelujah. Okay? James is simply saying there should be action, okay, in your faith. Alright, let's move to James chapter 2. A warning about prejudice, my dear brothers and sisters. How can you claim to have faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ if you favor some people over others? And that would not make sense, right? Jesus did not favor. Okay? They were not necessarily favorites. He had disciples who were close with him. But everyone has the same access. The same access to be born again. To come to God. This is one time where the Lord Jesus is mentioned. If you favor some people over others. For example, suppose someone comes into your meeting dressed in fancy clothes and expensive jewelry. And another comes in who is poor and dressed in dirty clothes. If you give special attention and a good seat to the rich person. But you say to the poor one, you can stand over here or else sit on the floor? Well, doesn't this discrimination show that your judgment are guided by evil motives? Listen to me, dear brothers and sisters. Hasn't God chosen the poor in this world to be rich in faith? Aren't they the one who will inherit the kingdom he promised to those who love him? But you dishonor the poor. Isn't it when he says poor, not just poor, being poor in, in money, it is poor in spirit. Jesus clari clarifies this in the Beatitudes. He says, but you dishonor the poor. Isn't the rich, isn't the rich, is, isn't it the rich who oppress you and drag you into court? Aren't they the one who slander Jesus Christ, whose noble name you bear? Yes, indeed, it is good when you obey the royal law as found in the scripture. Love your neighbor as yourself okay look this is royal law <clears throat> leviticus chapter 19 verse 18 but if you favor some people over others you are committing a sin you are guilty of breaking the law for the person who keeps all the laws except one is as guilty as a person who has broken all of god's law for the same god who said you must not commit adultery also said you must not murder and if you murder someone but do not commit adultery, you have still broken the law. So whatever you say or whatever you do, remember that you will be judged by the law that sets you free. There will be no mercy for those 
who have not shown mercy to others. But if you have been merciful, God will be merciful when he judges you. You agree with me that this is <laughs> a totally uh, contrary to, to, how, to what Paul preaches. It. Paul does says, do love. Uh-huh. And you will fulfill all of the requirements of the law. So no need to break it into one and the other. Next, faith without good deeds is dead. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing and you say goodbye and have a good day, stay warm and eat well, but then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds. It is dead and useless. Now, someone may argue some people have faith, others have good deeds, but I say, how can you show me your how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. You say you have faith for you believe that there is one God good for you. Even the demons believe it de- believe this and they tremble in terror. How foolish. Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? Don't you remember that our ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God by his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see, his faith and his actions worked together. His actions made his faith complete. And so it happened, just as the scripture says, Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. God counted him as righteous because of his faith. Genesis chapter 15 verse 6. He was even called the friend, the friend of God. Isaiah chapter 41 verse 8. So you see, we are shown to be right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. We are shown to be right with God, not just by, you know, by by faith, but we are shown to be right with God by what we do. Rahab the prostitute is another example. She was shown to be right with God by her actions when she eats those messengers and send them safely away by a different road. Just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good works. Without good works, faith is dead. James chapter 3, controlling the tongue. Dear brothers and sisters, each chapter starts with dear brothers and sisters because it's an admonition not many of you should become teachers in the church for we who teach will be judged more strictly indeed we all make many mistakes for if we could control our tongues we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way we can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth and a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes great speeches. But a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire, and among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness, corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire. For it is set on fire by hell itself. Hmm. People can take all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, 
but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Okay, we know that there is a way, right? Everything you are saying, pay attention to Jesus' teaching. There's a way to tame the tongue. What you are saying comes from the heart. The tongue itself declares what is in the heart. If you tame what is in the heart, what is coming out, what the tongue is speaking will begin to change. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it causes those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing comes out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, that is not right. Does a spring of water bubble out with both fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce only olives or a grapevine produce figs? No, you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. Surely you can't. Now, true wisdom comes from God. If you are wise and, and understand God's way, prove it by living an honorable life. Show it by your action. James is saying, doing good works with the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth by boasting and lying. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. Jealousy and selfishness. It is demonic, unspiritual, and earthly. 16. For wherever there is jealousy and selfishness, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. Wherever there is jealousy and selfishness, go and check it. You will find evil and disorder. But the wisdom from above is first, is first of all pure. It, also, it is also peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and the fruit of, of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap an, a harvest of righteousness. Yes, when true wisdom is in, is, in, is in place, this is how it will be working. And these are the fruits that will be coming out of our lives. All right, let's go to James chapter 4, drawing close to God. Remember, these are admonition and they, they broadly cover different areas. What is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from the, from the evil desires at war within you? You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it. So you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. You don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what you will you want only what will give you pleasure. You adulterers, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I say it again, if you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. Don't you think the scriptures don't you think the scriptures have no do you think the scriptures have no meaning? They say that God is passionate, that the spirit he has placed within us should be faithful to him. Eh? That's God's intention though. God desires that we worship him. The spirit, they say that God that God is passionate that the spirit he has placed within us should be faithful to him. 
and he gives grace generously. As the scripture says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 34, God gives grace to the humble, but opposes the proud. So humble yourself before God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Let there be let there be tears for what you have done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. Humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up in honor. Next, warning against judging others. Don't speak evil against each other. Dear brothers and sisters, if you criticize and judge each other, then you are criticizing and judging and judging God's law. But your job is to obey the law, not to judge whether it applies to you. God alone who gave the law is the judge. He alone has the power to save or to destroy. So what right do you have to judge your neighbor? Next warning about self-confidence. Look here. You will say today or tomorrow we are going to a certain town and we stay there a year. We will do business there and make a profit. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like a, like the morning fog. It is here a little while, then it is gone. What you ought to say is, if the Lord wants us to, we will live and do and do this or that. Otherwise, you are boasting about your own pretentious plan, and all such boasting is evil. Remember, it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. It is sin to know what to do and then not do it. Remember, it's writing to Jewish believers, so it's practically admonishing them, okay? Uh, And for a lot of these Jewish believers, it was not so difficult, okay? Um, if you understand the grace that we have in Christ, Christ Jesus, and allow that become your motivation, you were fine, okay? But if you relied on the law to save you, this was why Paul was a thorn in the flesh of those who were preaching and were preaching solely to, to the Jews. All right, our final chapter, James chapter 5, warning to the rich. Look here, you rich people, weep and groan with anguish because of all the terrible troubles ahead of you. Your wealth is rotting away and your fine clothes are moat-eating are rags. Your gold and silver are corroded. The very wealth you were counting on will eat, will eat away your flesh like fire. This corroded treasure you have ordered will testify against you on the day of judgment. For listen... Hear the cries of the field, of the field workers whom you have cheated of their pay. It doesn't mean all rich people cheat people ahead. So you have to put context into what, what James is saying. For listen, hear the cries of the field workers whom you have cheated of their pay. The cries of those who harvest your field have reached the ears of the Lord of heaven's armies. You have spent your years on earth in luxury satisfying your own your every desire you have fattened yourself for the day of slaughter you have condemned and killed innocent people who do who do not resist you okay you have to understand context again 
in the light of the times in which James is living in. Next, James talks about patience and endurance. Dear brothers and sisters, be patient as you wait for the Lord's return. Consider the farmers who patiently wait for the rain in the fall and in the spring. They eagerly look for the valuable harvest to ripen. You too must be patient. Take courage for the coming of the Lord is near. So you know this person is not just a Jew. This person believed in Jesus and says the coming of the Lord is near. Don't grumble about each other, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. For look, the judge is standing at the door. They were certain that Jesus was going to come in, my, in their time. For example, for examples of patience in suffering, dear brothers and sisters, look at the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. We give great honor to those who endure under suffering. For instance, you know about Job, a man of great endurance. You can see how the Lord was kind to him at the end, for the Lord is full of tenderness and mercy. But most of all, my dear brothers and sisters, never take an oath by heaven or earth or earth or anything else. Just say a simple yes or no so that you will not sin and be condemned. Finally, the power of prayer. Are any of you suffering hardship? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should, you should sing praises. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will save the sick, and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Elijah Elijah was as human as we are, and yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Then when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain, and the earth began to yield its crop. He says, look, the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. That's what you must note this morning. Your prayer is powerful. If it is said in earnest, it is powerful. Last verses, restore wandering believers. My dear brothers and sisters, if someone among you wanders away from the truth and is brought back, you can be sure that whoever brings the sinner back from wandering will save that person from death and bring about the forgiveness of many sins. Hallelujah. All right. So that concludes concludes the book of James. You know, we went that through that at the speed of light. So James has so many admonitions for us. First of all, the place of earnest, being earnest in the place of prayer. Okay. It talks to the rich people. Don't be confident in your riches. And that is very, very important. It talks about the place of being humble in the place of prayer, you know, and not focus on just yourself. You say, look, that's the reason why your prayers are not answered. You are focusing too much on yourself. So many 
admonition. He admonishes us in chapter 1 on temptation. Okay? Admonishes us on wisdom. If anyone acts, lacks wisdom, let him ask of God that gives to everyone who acts. It talks about temptation. Look, temptation will not will not totally overcome us. They come from our own desires, James said. But if we learn to point that desires towards God, then it becomes much, much easier to handle, handle temptations. I trust God this morning that the Lord will lift you up in the mighty name of Jesus. The Lord will bless you in the name of Jesus. Father, we say thank you. We thank you for your admonition this morning. We thank you for your, all your advice. Father, we pray we receive the grace this morning to walk in your word, to be doers of the word in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we thank you because I know in every area of your life there is change from today in the mighty name of Jesus. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right. Thank you so much for listening today. God bless you. Enjoy your day.